You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Uh, same corner, same time. Fresh off a of moral victory Saturday. How are you guys feeling? <laughs> I'll take the moral victory, you know. A lot of people were, were in my mentions about this is how you lose a football program when you start accepting moral victories. And, you know, we shouldn't be happy that our team lost. I'm like, listen, I did my job. I cheered, right. you know. Yeah. Right. My my opinion of the game matters absolutely zero, and both the outcome of that game or the performance in the next game. So I'll well, take opinion, it. The opinion of, of, of the game, of, my opinion of the game matters to me, right? So if I if I if I like we lost, I'm mean, I'm upset we lost. We gotta like oh we're getting to all that. Bottom line is uh, those boys put out a good performance. They they played better than we all thought they would play. Uh, to keep it a buck, people got like they can say what they want to say, but none of us thought they was gonna play that well, and they did. Um, so I'm gonna enjoy those guys' hard efforts, and we're gonna see those boys again in Atlanta. Absolutely. What do you got? I mean, I'm si- Nick. How you feeling? Good, good. I mean, I'm sitting here, sitting here Monday, feeling better about Florida than I did Friday. So there's no moral victories. I mean, it, the, the loss is one point or sixty points. It's still a loss yeah. in the record books. Um, but I'm impressed with the way Florida showed up. And it's, I mean, I didn't predict Florida to win the game, not even close, but uh, I did say, hey, Dan Mullen can X and O with the best of them um, and, and game plan. So, I mean, we'll get more, you know, more into the game, but uh, I think Florida had a great plan. I'm glad that Dan executed his game plan, uh, cheering from home. Sounds like there was no miscommunications, no missed tackles on the couch. <laughs> No, I, I did. I did all of my assignments. I was exactly where I needed to be the entire game. You know, um, yeah, I had a couple beers. Had I was was surrounded with family. You know, I, I wanted to be up there, uh, but it was my dad's seventieth birthday, which I told you guys about last week. I didn't know it was a, a complete surprise to him. So um, he acted surprised when I got there. But the whole event was supposed to be a surprise in Fort Myers, so we did this. Oh, like, you ruined the surprise. I I, I think so. Um, but my dad acted like I did. You know, like my family's down in, in Coral Springs. Uh, my brother and his wife and their kids are down there too. So we did this like triangulation thing. We were going to meet in Fort Myers. Uh, and I was talking to my mom, I think the, the day before we left and, and she was talking, I said, you're excited about tomorrow. She's like, uh-huh. And I was like, wait, you're not more excited. She's like, well, it's a surprise for your dad. And I'm like, well, shoot, I totally uh, dropped the ball last week on Stadium and Gale. And I know we listened to it on Tuesday. So hopefully he just skimmed right past that part. But, no, uh, no, no. It, Shout out to your dad for being a stand-up guy and, and being fake surprise. That's, that's, it takes a stand-up guy to do that. Hell yeah, dude. Just happy 70th birthday. It was my dad's birthday yesterday. So 70 good years, doing a great job. And I appreciate him and I love him. So, so I had a great weekend. Oh, shout out to dad for listening to the podcast. Yeah. My dad's listening. Today is his birthday. So, shout uh, out. A couple great men born in September, Dan. Yeah, Mr. Thompson. My dad's born in September, too. That's crazy. <laughs> How about Three that? great men born in bro, September. That is nuts. That, that is that's nuts. weird a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. I've met 
I've met uh, Silk. I met your dad, Nick. I don't think I've had a chance to meet your dad yet, or maybe it was in passing one time, but uh, all great men from what I know about it. But um, Nick, I want to get into the game a little bit. Before I do that, Silk, why don't you do the Brunt ad read just because this involves the game a bit. Already. Uh, shout out to the great folks at Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, be sure to visit bruntinsurance.com. Boat, auto, trailer insurance, business insurance, life insurance, Anything you may need insured, my man Greg got you. 954-589-2204. Big coverage. Absolutely. Well, well, Silk, I know you were up in Gainesville Friday night. Nick, obviously, you were at the game. It's all the I was up the Friday night. I didn't go up there for the, the game. I went there for the shenanigans a little bit. But it seemed like the shenanigans Friday, it seemed like Gainesville was absolutely rocking. Silk, tell oh. me about, about your time up there. And, and then, Nick, let's talk about the game a bit. Oh, no, let's just get into the game. We need to get into my uh, white Buffalo shenanigans <laughs> Well, Nick, talk to us about the atmosphere. It seemed like from all the pictures and, and Instagram and everything else that, that Gainesville was rocking. It seemed uh, like this was probably the first time in maybe since that Ole Miss game a few years ago uh, that, that the place was absolutely rocking from, from before the game, you know, through the entirety of it. Yeah, I mean, you could uh, – Friday night you could feel it. Um, I mean, two hours to get into anywhere except for balls. Uh, balls was probably empty. Um, Got it. But – I mean, I, I felt it Thursday. <laughs> uh, getting into the manscape dad read earlier there. Yeah, yeah, we're um, practicing. Um, I could feel it Thursday, just driving around, um, driving around town, just trying to like do regular things, trying to go to Publix, and you see that there's traffic building up. Friday, everything was slammed, um, and then I tried to get to the stadium a little bit early. Um, it took me 45 minutes you know, to drive the five miles, four miles from my house um, to campus. So I, I felt, all right, this is going to, this is going to be different. Uh, maybe it is a real sellout. Cause you know, the fake sellout in Tampa a couple weeks <laughs> before that, uh, that was ridiculous. Um, so I was excited. I was looking forward to it. Um, and, and shout out to the fans. You know, I, we did a story on rivals giving game balls. I gave the fans a game ball. Um, how many times did Alabama either call a timeout or have a, procedural penalty um that was the, the loudest game i've ever been in covering it um, wow. i was at you know the south carolina game the cock block i was at tebow's um senior day like it was that it was that kind of loud um like when the michael p ryan broke that run against auburn and how loud it got like that's how it sustained loud it was uh for for most part of the game so um really cool environment tom petty was like goosebump um, really, really cool environment. And I was surprised. So Florida wins the toss and defers. And I'm like, Alabama's about to march down this field score. Emory's going to throw an interception. It's going to be 14, nothing real quick. And you've just like taken the fans out of the game. I thought no win faith. the toss, take it. I mean, me of little faith. <laughs> um, but yeah, the fans stayed in it and, uh, and, and for sure made an impact. It was a really, really cool place to be Saturday. That's yeah, awesome. the city so was rocking, man. Um, I was telling Dan pre-show, I, I, I contemplating going to the tailgate in the morning. I had to get back to South Florida uh, for some business and family stuff. So uh, I got on the road. I went, only, only, the only reason I went to uh, to Gainesville was for business, to be honest. But uh, while I was there, I may, may as well just check out White Buffalo, right? Um, so be there Friday. I was telling Dan, I contemplated on hitting Annie's tailgate or a couple other tailgates before I got on the road. But I knew if I got close to that stadium, bro, it was going to be a wrap that I was going to end up, you know, uh, not taking care of business. So I just hopped on the road. Um, but Gainesville was buzzing. Like Friday night, man, um, 
You know how it is, Dan. I do. I do. Um, I'm excited to, to, to get back in the swamp in a game like that. I don't think the game this weekend against Tennessee is going to rock uh, the same way, but man, I'm glad you guys both uh, got the chance to experience that, that atmosphere. So, uh, Gators do uh, end up losing to Alabama, thirty-one to twenty-nine. Uh, the Gators go down early, twenty-one to seven. Uh, pardon me, twenty-one to three. Uh, end up marching back, outscoring uh, Alabama, uh, twenty-six to ten uh, to end the game. Held Alabama to uh, less than a hundred yards rushing. It's the first time. Alabama has been held uh, to under 100 rushing yards, and the Gators' rushing attack was on point where they rushed for over 200 yards. It's the first time that's happened since 2007 to Alabama. So uh, Gators Gators start off slow uh, but end up really turning around in the, the second, third, and fourth quarters. Offensive line looked a little bit better. The Gators were able to gash up the middle. Embry Jones, um, you know, starts to get a little bit more comfortable and make some throws. But, but let's get down uh, a little bit to the game. Um, First quarter, uh, kind of everything that, that could go wrong did go wrong. Uh, mm. Alabama does march down, like you said, Nick, and score. Uh, the Gators march all the they way down. Help. They got yeah, help. They got help. And I want to talk about that once we kind of break this down because there's there yeah. some real questionable calls here. Uh, Gators go down. They end up getting stopped in the red zone. Settle for a field goal after it does look like they were going to go for it on fourth down. Uh, lots of missed tackles. Um, and then a couple of, of phantom uh, pass interference calls. Um, so what was your guys' thoughts uh, in the first quarter? And, and let's break it down from there. Good, Sam. Uh, first quarter, uh, like I thought the first drive, we had some chances to get out the field. Um, refs helped them out one play. That shouldn't have been mm-hmm. pass interference on Kyrie. Just lockdown defense, beautiful defense. Um, refs bailed them out. Uh, we still had some third and longs that we got to get off the field the field on. Um, I thought Todd, like people, people, Todd's getting some some grief on the timeline, but I guess we're watching different football games. Mm. I've seen players in position to make plays, um, not three-star project kids either, like highly recruited guys that are in place that need to make tackles in big games versus big-time players in a loud swamp, you know? Um, so I thought we had a lot of opportunities to get off the field that first drive, and we just we let them off the hook. Um so it's just a drive that we just – if we win, we get them off the field and we go down and score, of course that game changed. But that was, that was my thing about the first drive was just the refs helped them out a little bit and then we helped them out a lot by just not making one-on-one tackles in space. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie Elam even said it today. Um, like, Grantham had a great game plan. I think some people are just like already – like so done with Todd Grantham that if anything bad happens, it's just like if, if, if a team scores, it's like, oh, fire Grantham. It's like – you're missing a bunch of tackles. Like Todd's not out there mm-hmm. tackling and guys are in position um, to make tackles and he can't, you know, make somebody take a better, you know, route uh, or a better angle at, at a guy. So I thought Florida's um, defensive game plan was good um, for the third straight week that, you know, Alabama hitting like those short, quick passes where, you know, trying to negate Florida's pass rush. I thought Florida was able um, to get to the quarterback a little bit with just four. And we talked about that, not blitzing Bryce and, 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 getting home and affecting the quarterback with just four or five guys. Um, you just, you just made too many mistakes, I think, um, against a team like Alabama that you're not going to, you know, overcome. Um, but I, I mean, I'm sitting there 21, three and I'm thinking this is going to get ugly. So, yeah. um, still being able to come back and the offense still moving the ball. I mean, we're sitting here talking last week, you know, throwing Emory Jones, a funeral, um, got 
give credit where it's due. He um he had a good game. I mean, he didn't have a, a, a perfect Golfers game. Golfers started slow as well, though. We was down 21-3. And if we playing a team like Bama, it's not like we were surprised that they scored 21 mm-hmm. points. Like, everybody won't give Grant them a hard time, but nobody shot that Bama got 21 points, right? So you got to have yeah. an offensive mindset that we, mm-hmm. we got to get some points to keep pace. So not only did the offense start – I mean, the defense started slow, both, yeah. both parties started slow, in my opinion. Yeah. Um just an overall I, slow start. It almost like almost like they had to get like punched in the mouth first. I mean, you didn't have to get up for this game. Um mm-hmm. it felt a little but, bit like the Georgia game on the comeback. So when we started uh, coming back, I started getting that Georgia feel. Um, but we, we weren't as, as explosive as we, as we was last year. But it's kind of like the Georgia feel last year. We we just started off crazy slow. We had to play catch up, but we was a lot more explosive last year. Yeah, I mean Alabama. Touchdown, 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 mm-hmm. uh, and, and quick too. I mean, eight plays, seventy-five yards, seven seventy-five, six plays for thirty-eight right after the uh, after the interception. But then, yeah. second second quarter, the defense shows up. I mean, Alabama had three yards in the second quarter, three straight three and outs. Um, and, and who's doing that to Bama these days? Like, no one. Gotta, no one's gotta, gotta, give, You gotta be fair. Like people have these. These insane takes. Like, who's making Bama go out? And I tweeted that because people was giving them a hard time. And, like, I'm with everybody else, too. After last year, fire Grantham, right? Mm-hmm. But um, we're down 21-3. My defense is giving us three stops. I'm like, yo, they're giving us a chance to still be in this game. If they fold like last year, that, that, this, return, this becomes a boat race, and we get boat mm-hmm. raced out in our own place. But they gave us a shot with three straight stops to get us back in the game. Yeah, that was only the the third time in the last two years uh, against an SEC opponent that that Alabama um, had less than a, a fifty five or sixty percent uh, third down uh, rate. You know, I, I think you know Florida did as as good as you you can, right? I mean, Alabama came out um, and they weren't trying to go over top of Florida. They were doing a lot of you know dunking, a lot of slants, and a lot of crossing routes. Um, that allowed them to pick up chunk yards. Uh, you know, I thought that Todd Grantham, I thought the defense played really well to adjust to that. And Alabama is a team full of five stars all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought that Florida did a really good job, not only matching up to them talent-wise, but scheme-wise. I thought that Dan Mullen called an outstanding game on offense. I thought that Todd Grantham, once they figured out what they were doing, really made some some huge adjustments and really allowed Florida to win. We knew Alabama was going to score points, but you know, Florida held uh, Alabama to the fewest rushing yards they've had in a game in a year and a half since they had, I think it was against Mississippi state in 2019. So, you know, Florida came in and, and really did a great job. And, you know, we talked about it, you know, at the beginning, just a couple small things fall maybe in Florida's favor, maybe instead of that defensive pass interference against Kyrie Elam, that stops them. They punt the ball. They don't score a touchdown there. You know, there was that other uh, pass interference call, against Trey Dean. Uh, and then there was the one against Avery Helm. And, you know, the video is, is a little suspect on that one. Some people say he's maybe pulling the jersey. But there's there were some some interesting play calls that, that allowed Alabama to get bailed out. And they capitalized on those. And Florida just, you know, we were close, but, but just not quite there. And, you know, that's where we talk about. You make a couple, you know, strategic decisions, you know, to improve this team. Recruiting gets just marginally better. And, you know, we've talked about it before. Dan Mullen can scheme with the rest of them. And that's you know, still maintains my opinion. It's even stronger now than it was before the game. I mean, on that note, I said it all week, like X's nose are cool, but at some point the Jimmy's and the Joe's, I didn't, I thought we'd get to a point and I thought, you know, in the first quarter we were getting there um, where it would look like Florida didn't belong on the field with Alabama and that there was going to be a clear gap between Alabama and Florida. And I'm already sitting there thinking, 
hey, my story after the game is going to be like, Dan Mullen called it a measuring stick game, and, and here's how far away you are. Yeah. Um, but I, that's, that's not what we saw. Um, so I think, you know, the running game also, if you look and you're thinking, all right, well, sure, Florida's, you know, number one in the country after two weeks, but you've ran the ball against USF and FAU. Um, yeah. unless, unless, Al, unless Alabama sucks. Um, and people I talk to that cover Alabama, um, no, no, you think already this said they're like the best team in the world. Like, they didn't have a shot. You I'm, say. saying, I'm saying, <laughs> unless Alabama sucks, um, and, and we've yet to find that out, you know, the people that I talked to all week that cover Alabama think this is going to be, could be Alabama's best defense Nick Saban has had. And, and Florida gashed Alabama running mm-hmm. the ball. Um, so the other, the other favorite scapegoat, John Hevesy, shout out to him. Um, and, and the job he's getting and the guy and the performances he's getting out of those offensive linemen. Cause I mean, Florida looks like some bullies up front on both, on we on on both lines of scrimmage. We're yep. definitely laying on people. Uh, shout out to Malik Davis, man. He just looks, mm. looks very good. Like yeah, he's, he's making himself a yards. lot of money. Uh, he's just, he's just looking smooth, fast. Um, looking like a totally different back than last year, man. He shook off a lot of rust. Yeah. So shout out to Malik Davis that first half, man. Just toting that thing heavy for us. You know, and then and not to be outdone, you know, Florida marches down 99 yards uh, in the third quarter to score a touchdown, relying heavily on Naquan Wright. Damian Pierce, you know, runs the ball really well. And, and we talked about this running back room being the deepest Florida probably has had in a decade, right? And, you know, we kind of writ off, wrote off Malik Davis's role, right? Like we said, hey, you know, maybe he's a guy that gets in a slot. Maybe he's a guy that goes out and catches the ball, but he's running great. Um, Damian uh, Pierce is running great. Naquan Wright's running really well, you know, to a point where, you know, we thought we'd see more DeMarcus Bowman by now. And we certainly thought that we would see some Lorenzo Lingard. And in that room is so deep now that Lorenzo Lingard's getting out tweets that, you know, he wants his opportunity as well. And it's like, from who, right? Like which running back is not pulling their weight and, and none of them aren't They, I think they're all, we had high expectations. I think they're exceeding those expectations right now. Yeah. Uh, the overall run game is, is exceeding the expectations. I think they're playing very good football. Um, I do want to speak on, like, I think one of the issues is, is Emory's inaccuracy in, in mm-hmm. the immediate throws. I think that's the biggest thing. He played a, 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 a decent game. I don't think he played a bad game at all. For a kid that got booed, um, I don't know if they was booing him in particular, but the, the team got booed, and it was because of the performance the offense was doing because they was on the field at the time. Uh, he shook it off. And kept playing football, kept his his, his mental and his psychology, his psychology in the game. He, he was on point, man. Just um, from that standpoint, his mental aspect, he's solid. Kids mentally strong, um, but they got to work on his intermediate accuracy. Um, just a lot of balls hitting the dirt on just throws that you got to make uh, between yeah. like ten to like seventeen yards, middle of the field. Like you just got to make those throws, man. So that's mm-hmm. the only concern. With Emory is just those intermediate throws and accuracy. We so said he, that coming into the year, and, and mm-hmm. I've never seen him. I've never seen that be part of his game. Um, and that's kind of what I said. I was like, those throws, you know, the ten to twelve, eight, eight to twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not not necessarily going to get you a first down every time, but you know, first down, being able to throw, you know, a slant seven yards, and, and, and you know, get yourself into a second, third, and manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I say, you know, where I, I get like a Felipe Franks vibe yep. from him because a big arm, you can make some plays, but it, it's just those those plays we probably took for granted for uh, took for granted last year with Kyle Trask, and it's just like, yeah, easy six yard pass over the middle, ten yards, 
Um, I, I saw him bounce another. I think he got booed after he skipped a pass to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then Mullen went conservative after the incompletion on first down, and then the boos kept coming because I think the the fans didn't like that they went conservative. Yeah. No, Nick. Nick Silk, you're right. Um, Emory Jones uh, on yard or passes that are ten to twenty yards. Uh, is 10 of 20. Um, he has two interceptions there for just about 150 yards. Uh, but beyond 20 yards, he's only one for one for nine on the season for 35 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. So you're exactly right. You know, Emory Jones, I think mentally there um, from a from a composure perspective, um, right. still obviously needs to get through his progressions a little bit better. He needs to be able to make decisions a little bit quicker. And you can tell, and I and I think it's prevalent when you see him throwing off of his back foot that the progressions are still slow. So right. looking to see the game, the game speed up uh, in his mind a little bit quicker. But it's going to be tough for Florida to really be the team that they that they can be if you're you know, 11 of 30, uh, 11 of 29 beyond 10 yards, uh, you know, with three interceptions. So yeah, I was, interceptions I was concerned that game, like the, the lack of deep shots. Yeah. Like the BS crash to feel like all our explosive plays came from the run game, which that that's fine. Like I'm fine with that. Um, we did hit on the, the, the Nate coin, um, that, that route out of the backfield that went for a big chunk as well in the past game, but, uh, the ball traveling far down the field. We didn't see a lot of that. Um, the, the few times that we did, we got the one pass interference with Colt. Mm-hmm. Um, just one-on-one. They daring us to throw the thing one-on-one situations. We got to take those 50-50 shots with our yeah. wide receivers, man. Um, that's I just want to see more of that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'll keep saying it, too, because I see it a lot on the timeline. Dan just said it. Um, how many progressions do I want Emory Jones to go through? Like, I'm sitting there, right. and, and I'm, I'm still – I'm in the press box going, like, dude, run. Go. Yeah, like, don't does, don't sit back there. Like he really like, want to run like that. My my guy, there is green grass in front of you, and and you know small small windows for receivers take off. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Those, um, because him taking off is going to change the defense, so you get bigger mm-hmm. passing windows if you start taking off more, in my opinion. But uh, I'm with you. It's a lot of time where I'm just screaming at the TV, "Go run, like run!" Mm-hmm. Once he's, I see his head move twice. I'm like, "Yo, go, yeah, <laughs> go, bro, <laughs> go, bro." <laughs> uh, no, you guys are you guys are right, Anthony Richardson. You know, or pardon me, Emory Jones on the year is averaging, you know, about six yards a carry, right? And that includes sacks in there. So, you know, he has the ability to make up yards and, and get a good chunk of yards. So you do want to see him get through those progressions a little bit quicker, but absolutely we need to be able to see some improvement. It doesn't have to be drastic. It doesn't have to be Kyle Trask, but you've got to be better than 11 of, of 29 on those, you know, beyond 10 yard balls. Um uh, on the opposite end, you know, Dan Mullen was asked before the game if Anthony Richardson was going to play, and he said he'd only be used if they absolutely needed him or probably if there's an injury to Emory Jones. Uh, there's some discussion. You saw the back flip that he did pregame, um, and there was some obviously some trepidation about, you know, what Dan Mullen was saying. I, I for one, did not believe that if Anthony Richardson was completely dressed – and able to play in a backup role that you didn't feel comfortable playing him at all. But what were your guys' thoughts in, in the fact that Anthony Richardson didn't play? And I want to ask before you get into that, do you think Anthony Richardson not playing and Emory Jones having kind of the full, you know, full leeway to, to play his game helped his confidence at all? I think that, you know, cause Silk mentioned it last week, you know, Anthony comes in, 
plays well. And listen, I think I think Emory Jones and Anthony are you know legitimately friends and, and rooting for each other. Um, but Silk mentioned it last week. It's like Aunt, uh, uh, Aunt comes in and does something, and now it's almost like you can feel him breathing down your neck. And and, and Emory starts playing, you know, a, a little different. Um, I think there is something too, like, hey, I don't have to worry about. When am I getting, you know, when is Anthony getting his drives? When do I have to come off the field, getting out of a rhythm or anything like that? Um, so I think there, there is something to that. Is that everything? No. Um, but but I think there is something to it. And Anthony, um, I mean, Hampshire looked good doing a backflip before the game. Tweet that out. Timeline got riled up. Um well, think about I the backflip. Like everybody's a doctor and saying, like, yo, you can do a, a backflip if his hamstring's messed up. Which is cool, but it's also dorky because I think he <laughs> sent a message when he did that backflip. I don't think the backflip is just like, yo, I feel like being a gymnast today. I think it was to tell us, yo, this thing feel all right, man. I want to play some football. Um, could he still have been injured? And and the, and the coaches and the medical team say, nah, because sometimes you got a whole athlete's back. Yeah, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. But I think that flip was done on purpose to, to say, yo, I could play football today. Because at that point, you are you've already been told, like, hey, you're right. going in. Um, you're, you're going in, you know, in case of emergency, break glass. You know, right. Anthony I mean, Richardson was in there. The, the fact that he was on the sidelines means that he was medically cleared. It doesn't yes. mean that he was 100%, you know, and, and maybe Dan Mullen is saying, hey, you know, if, if we lose this game, I'm not saying that this is Dan Mullen's mindset at all, but if we lose this game, we are not out of it. This isn't our last chance of potentially, you know, making the SEC, uh, you know, championship game. But I, I wonder why – and I wonder about the mindset that if he's able to dress out and be able to play in the game in a backup role, or if Emory Jones was struggling, why that completely takes him out of the game. Bro, they set Kyle Pitts for yeah. no reason last year. So I'm not taking their word for it. Like it, it's just an injury thing. Um, I'm not going to take their word for it because I've seen it in the works. I've seen them sit uh, the healthiest, best player in the country and we lose. Yeah. It um I, I think I think it's it's just being cautious because uh, a grade one um spraying you you know my guy runs twenty miles an hour and you know that could easily turn into um a grade three and tear and something that might need surgery and and season ending. Um I think if he would have played, they would have been so cautious that they would have just made him, you know, um a statue and told him not to run. And at that point, like Okay, well, what are you doing? You're you're cutting off your nose, you know, to spite your face. You're going to take his best asset and the best part of his game out because you don't want him to get hurt. Well, if if that's the case, then only play him, you know, if if Emery's helmet pops off or um, or if Emery gets hurt. Yeah, I just think, you know, I I don't understand the the mindset behind it. Silk, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I'm not going to, you know, beat the dead horse here. But, you know, if if a guy's eligible and able to be a backup and you know that he's an explosive weapon, you know, quite possibly your most explosive weapon on your entire team to to not even have him available for a goal line situation or to just switch things up or to cause Alabama to cause a tie or call a timeout, whatever it might be, that's a strategic weapon that you have. And, it was just I, I didn't understand the logic behind it, but you know. Yeah, I'm with you. Right, like <laughs> I, I'm just not buying it, man. Um, and the, and the look on his face, the kid like he wanted to be out there. And like I said, he could be injured, but like I said, if he if he if he's injured, like you said, what you want to say he shouldn't be doing flips, fam. <laughs> 
I, 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 I didn't think of it that way still, but uh, until you just said it, and it was kind of like, it's like, hey, he knew the, he was already told, like, yo, you're not playing. Right. Uh, and that might have been, you know, um, a round off back tuck message to Dan. No, to the fans. You want the fans, fans like, going by. Hey, let Coach talk have it. off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, we you, guys don't, he's like you guys don't know the plan yet, but yeah. you're about to see the plan or yeah. hear it, and I need you to start tweeting at Coach Dan Mullen. Yeah, yeah. Win, win or lose, I'm creating controversy, you know? Um, Not so saying it's competitive, the competitive nature. And like I said, he could very sure. well be hurt. And sometimes you got to save athletes from themselves. But like I said, I've seen them see Kyle Pitt last year. So all best is off my mind. I, I think they'll bench anybody if they nicked up a little bit. Or just because they feel like it. Maybe so. But let's uh, let's get into we, – we, we touched briefly on it. Let's talk a little bit about the offensive line. Uh, specifically, I want to shout out Josh Braun uh, and Kingsley is uh, we got the official pronunciation, so we can uh, give him cut a out, shout out. Cut out there, sorry, I, I challenge you to say it again, Dan. Kingsley yeah. Ed Wukon, uh, I thought did a, a fantastic job. Shout out to the nine hundred four. Far breakdown in there, man. Yeah, there you go. Um, Ed Wukon. Egg Wukon. Uh, and then I, I thought, uh, you know, 56 played played well. Um, you know, I thought beyond just the offensive line, I thought the wide receivers did outstanding in run blocking. No sacks were allowed, which is incredible against a, an Alabama front four and front seven, which are uh, probably the best in the country. Uh, but want to get your guys' thoughts on the offensive line, how you thought that they played. Yeah, I thought, I thought the offensive line, um, like kind of like I mentioned it before, I thought the offensive line um, – won their matchups up front and and i was asked on radio i forget which show it was it might have been chuck mm -hmm. oliver i was asked on radio what's the most um surprising position group and i think the offensive line for me is the most surprising one like they couldn't couldn't run block at all last year um not that florida wanted to run a lot but when they did try to run they weren't getting pushed they weren't creating holes um so for me it's just like you're asking them to do something completely different than what they did a year ago um, and they bullied Alabama and Alabama's defensive line has a bunch of guys who will be getting, you know, very nice paychecks on Sunday to continue playing football for a while. So um, the offensive line, I mean, I, Dan said they they played seven and only four of those guys graded out. I, I would grade out the offensive line as a whole, <coughs> excuse me, for the way that they, uh, for the way that they played. They ran for 439 yards, man. Oh, I'm sorry. No, was total yards. We ran for 258 yards. That's, that's that's hella impressive versus Bama. I think what was the over under on that, Dan? What, what were we buying and selling? Uh, 250 on rushing. 250. Got there. Um, overall, I just thought like the linebackers didn't play a great game. Um, uh, the star position was getting picked on a little bit. Mm -hmm. 16 overran a lot of plays. Um, he don't break down when he come in for tackles. Yeah, uh, his angles are a little weird. So I think we got to fix that position right there. Big time. I was surprised I didn't see a lot more 27. I thought mm -hmm. Perkins has been playing very well. 16 was struggling. Um, he came on a little bit late, made some plays when he had to. Uh, but early on the game, he gave us some big runs and some big plays just by taking terrible angles and missing one-on-one -on -one tackles. Um, so I would like to see 27 more of that position because I thought he'd been playing well. Uh, linebackers got to play a little better as well. Uh, Jeremiah Moon is, is, a, is an animal, and I'm glad they found him that position because he was never evaluated – for that position coming out of high school, that's a good move uh, by the staff on putting him at middle linebacker because he's mm -hmm. looking like a, a Sunday player right now in that position. Yeah. Uh, Nick, um, 
So, so you mentioned it actually uh, about Jadarius Perkins. Surprised, uh, only gets two snaps. Uh, you know, the Gators are struggling with uh, with, with 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 Travis Johnson. You know, I think that he's. I think he lacks some of the football instinct, right? Some of the angles seem off. Um, he's he's pretty fast. Uh, you know, he's not the fastest guy on the field. And, you know, I think at times he shows what he can do, but, you know, kind of similar to Emory on offense where the game seems to be moving a little too quick is a bit what I'm seeing out of Travis Johnson. And, you know, I don't think that it's a lost cause. And I, I think that he has, you know, the, the, some of the basics down, but he does look lost out there. And Jadarius Perkins has played that position. I thought better um, all season so far. Um, Elijah blades again, doesn't play. And so, you know, Florida's left, you know, with, you know, a hole and, you know, they got exposed a number of times, you know, in that hole and, you know, gave up a couple touchdowns. I thought Abraham grew up a little bit that game. Thought he played better than he played in the uh, previous two. Held his own bit on the other side of Elam. They kept being disrespectful and trying. Uh, Elam with the Michi kid. Uh, only thing that was saving him was the refs. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, Grovan Dexter also played a good game on defense. Um, eight tackles for him. His first yep. his first career solo sack, too. Um, yeah, yeah. I think we're watching him grow up. We're, we're probably watching a, a couple of these guys still grow up, you know, in front of our eyes. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's a big thing for young players, too. Like, that was a big moment. Um, 330 CBS, number one, you know, uh, some of these guys maybe had a relationship with Nick Saban, but like Jacob Copeland said it in the week, he's like, dude, that's Nick Saban over yeah. there. Like, uh, even if you're competing, you're probably gonna look over at some point and you're like, that's like a football God over there. Um, you know, standing on the sideline. Uh, so I thought that was big. Um, I thought I, I, so my view from the press box, I thought Avery had a handful of Jersey on the, on the past interference. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I thought he played well. And Trevez had some nice tackles, but mm-hmm. I think those first couple drives, uh, first quarter, there were a bunch of mm-hmm. – I, I didn't go back and, like, count them, but two I think missed he, tackles. He had, he had two missed tackles, and a Tradeen had three missed tackles. And, and these are official missed tackles. There's probably yeah. some other guys that, that aren't. Uh, Nick, I, I think you meant to say Brent Cox got his first sack. No, um, no, it was – Did they give it to Gurk? Because I know Brent Cox also got his first – Sack yeah, they gave, well. they gave they gave Florida had two. Okay. Um, let me see. Yeah, and it was so um Mahmoud and should have been more, man. Bama was holding their ass off, man. Yeah, Brent Cox had one and, and it was solo, and hmm. Gerv had one and it was solo. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and I, I remember reading the note that it was Gervon's first solo sack. He had uh he had you know gotten a half sack before. Gotcha, gotcha. I missed that. Um yeah, okay. Sorry. What I was looking at said hey, I only had the Gators with one. So yeah, Gurv gets his sack. Um, I thought this was uh Brent Cox's best game. You know, he had the missed interception. Um, I think he got a penalty called on him as well. Another uh, another I'll- play design that well, you just gotta make a play on the ball. Like yep. you design what a defensive man, he gotta catch that. Like he's an mm-hmm. athlete. Um yeah. you just in position to change the game right there. Like, what do you want from the defensive coordinator? Like, you got guys dropping interceptions. No, nobody's gonna call a perfect game, especially on against Bama. But in that situation, you just an opportunity to make a, a big time play in a big time game. Yep. Um, got to first round draft pick, make that play. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you guys want to talk any more about the the missed tackles. Uh, they seemed prevalent. It's a reoccurring thing. I mean, it's the same thing from yeah. last year. We haven't we haven't cleaned up tackling at all. 
Uh, if, we, if there is a real gripe with Grantham in, in, in that defense, is is that tackling? Mm-hmm. A lot of reaching. I said this on the last show. I'm concerned with the arm tackling, the reaching at people, yeah. um, the arms. Like you got to bring shoulder pads to to people and, and wrap up. Um, not trying to blow anything up. So I mean, it's just the same old missed tackles. Yeah, the Gators end according to Pro Football Focus with 14 missed. Uh, tackles in the game, which is you, you can't have against Alabama. Obviously, you're going to have missed tackles, which you can't have 14. Uh, and, you know, they got beat because of it. There was a, a you know, Trey Dean had a missed uh, tackle that, that ended up going for for some yards. And then, you know, Trey Dean also gets, gets picked a bit, uh, ends up falling down on the, uh, on the long touchdown that Alabama gets. I believe it was their second touchdown uh, of the game. But um, how do you guys think the defensive backs and safeties did outside of some of the missed tackles? And then obviously our, our questions with uh, – with Travis Johnson out there, uh, I thought I thought some of the I, I'm not on it. Oh, I'm not terribly mad with pass interference. I think that's you're playing aggressive, um, and and I don't yep. want. I would rather Florida make aggressive mistakes in a game like that against Alabama than come out and look timid. Uh, and I don't think a lot of those. I think three of the four pass interferences. Um, I thought Helms looked at least from my seat mm-hmm. looked legit, but I thought three of the four weren't. Um, so, so I'm not mad about that at all. Um, how much did Alabama throw Bryce Young? Like he's, he, he might be that dude. Like he's going to be good. Mm-hmm. The ball, um, that Kyrie Elam broke up Alabama fans were my mention saying it's a drop to me. It really looks like, um, Kyrie got a hand in on there. Um, but Bryce was, I think 22 of 35 and, and most of those were, um, early on. So yeah. Pull up his, um, his quarterback progression. Like he was, he completed like five of his first six. If you start looking in the, in the second half, there's a, um, a a stretch where he had six straight incompletions. Um, so I think Florida held their own um, in the secondary. And the secondary is probably where we had our you know where we had our questions going into the game. Yeah, just looking at the stat sheet, which is re- reiterates to me, and I get more I get frustrated again. Uh, we should have won this football game, right? Yeah. I, think, I think if we made those field goals. Uh, that like we supposed to like regular special teams, just routine shit, right? Mm-hmm. We make those. We going to overtime. The momentum of this game. Looking at the stat, we 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 control this game. Um, we started off slow. We had more first downs. We had more total yards. Mm-hmm. We controlled the, the time of possession. Um, we lost the turnover battle, but like we moved the ball. We did what we wanted to do on these people. Um, they had more penalty yards with seventy five. So we right now wheelhouse with things. They punted the ball four times. Um, we, we did what we were supposed to do. Um, we yep. just didn't make our field goals. If that thing goes into the overtime, you get a loud swamp in the overtime. They couldn't run the ball in a condensed field. I like us in the overtime, bro. We just got to clean up our small mistakes and, and, and do the things championship teams do. But yep. we're right where we need to be at, man. Yep. Yeah. Not more the victories. That's just looking at the small mistakes and saying, yo, let's clean some stuff up. We can go play some football and see this team again in Atlanta. Absolutely. And that's the way you want to look at it. Florida did hold Alabama to their worst game ever scored by pro football focus, which has been since 2014. So the Gators did everything right. Like you said, so Nick, you said it, we talked about it on the last show too. You just got to capitalize on the small mistakes and you know, you don't miss that extra point, which Florida brought in a kicker, one of the highest uh, scoring uh, scores of all time for Mississippi State to come in. He's still not the guy that's, that's taking extra points. I'm not saying that he would have made it or not. I'm just saying, um, I guess I'm just saying, but uh, you got to, you got to win those, um, you know, but I think that Florida put a lot on the field. Now it's a matter of if Florida can continue, right. You put it on the field against Alabama, 
and you, you try to take, you know, next steps, right? You, you have, you know, Tennessee coming up, you have Kentucky coming up, you have LSU coming up, you have Georgia coming up at the end of October. So now is the opportunity to really capitalize on what you were able to do against Alabama and improve. And then you will see this team in Atlanta. Obviously they're going to continue to get better as well, but you're going to see them in Atlanta. And I think that Florida matched up really well uh, against Alabama this year. And, mm. you know, maybe the, maybe the ninth time is a charm. <laughs> um <laughs> Tired of yeah. losing to them, Nick. And uh, eight in a row. That's a, that's a long. I mean, what it doesn't. It's, I can't even wrap my mind around it. Alabama has won thirty-two straight games over SEC East opponents. Like the the the, the last coach to beat him from the East is is Spur Dog. Yeah, in two thousand and ten. Wild. It is wild. And 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 not even like close games. He's whooping yeah. them. Like and, and except for the SC championship game and, and last Saturday, he beating them by like 10, 15, 20, um, just blowing teams out. So uh you, you got like like we, we keep saying it, you you've got to get over the hump. You know, we we think Florida looked good, certainly impressed with um the way that they played with Alabama. Um, but at some point you, you've got to get over the hump. And and if you want to be a team that's competing for national championships. You you have to beat Alabama, not just yep. hey, you gave them a good game. Yep. I thought also um, real quick, like in the passing game, I, I spoke last week and I thought that the tight ends was going. I think oh, they, yeah. I thought he was been hit for a reason. Um, Keon Zipper came out and had a game. Uh, Keymore Gamble as well. Zipper went four catches for fifty one yards. Gamble went five for thirty two. Um, just two guys that got busy. I thought Dan Mullen was like uh, sheltering some of those plays on on purpose. And then we got to see some looks real quick out, out of those guys. Uh, outside of that, I think we need more plays with guys are catching the ball and running. I feel like my receivers catch balls and they're getting tackled right away. Like, there's no, there's no separation. Um, I don't know if we need to scheme guys open or guys not running good routes, but it just seems like when, when Emory are throwing passes to guys, soon they catch it. Like, it's contested shit. Yeah. They're getting tackled right away. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Or, or I mean, is, that, is some of that on Emory? Is he not getting the ball – to a guy where he can catch it in Time stride line. and run. Yeah. Could be. Whatever it is, there's something yeah, missing. Mixture, we're not catching it. We're not catching the ball and running. Um unless yeah. it's some scheme like with the tight ends. Other than that, like the stuff I seen from the receiver was like contested stuff. Shout out to Rick Wells. That was a big catch as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um you thought that they were hiding the the tight ends. I thought they were hiding the tight ends because they weren't good. Um, but but they were I mean that first drive was the, the Kamori Gamble drive. Um, Zip had a big catch as well, mm-hmm. and um, maybe they will be a part of, the, of, of that passing game. Well, but there's no that, reason they shouldn't be. Well, that's what we talk about with with mm-hmm. with Emory is that I don't think he's he's good in terms of that intermediate passing game, and that's where the tight ends you know would be. That's that that'd be their role in the passing game. Well, you did see a lot of of outs, and maybe that's not the, the right terminology there, but you did see a lot of four or five, six yard passes to those tight ends that were able to turn the ball upfield and get first downs, right? So right. I think that he's using them very different than than Kyle Pitts, who, by the way, watched him play the Bucks yesterday. Just what a menace he is. But anyway, um, that's where I think that the tight end's role is gonna be this year. Um, but you do have to feel bad for, you know, Jacob Copeland, who you know, he did have 
I think only one or two uh, passes attempted his way in this game. You know, he had the one long play, and, and I think that, that Florida's missing that. Um, they have 291 yards on the entire season, yards after catch. So um, still not not great, um, but, you know, areas to, to certainly improve and, you know, hope that the Gators are, are finally going to be able to get over the hump. They have 649 yards passing uh, on the season. Um, and a third of those who come after the catch. So Silk, you hit the nail right on the head that the Gators are catching and then usually getting, you know, dunked either, you know, into the sideline or uh, or tackled right away. So Gators end up uh, going into the Tennessee game this weekend, two and one. Um, but I think all of us certainly very happy with what we saw and, and know that this team can put it together and be a formidable opponent uh, moving forward, which is what we wanted to see. That was the measuring stick and, Damn, we, we we outperformed how I thought we would play. So, not me. <laughs> you know I me, mean? I had to win. He did. Um, I just thought the crowd, bro. Shout out to the crowd, man. That yep. thing was rocking. Um, when, when we're good, we got a good product, and a big big time opponent is coming into the swamp. I just know we're gonna be in the game because the crowd gonna have us in the game, and damn, money gonna scheme a little bit. So I didn't expect the blowout or them to cover that spread. Uh, it did get wicked at twenty one three, but uh, we got the scheme and it got into our bag a little bit. So. I'm on, on a Tennessee. I'm on ready to – these people are terrible. Let's talk on, about it. On a Tennessee. So before we do that, let's give a shout-out to our friends over at Game Time Sidekicks. Visit them at GameTimeSidekicks.com or follow them on Twitter at GT Sidekicks. Uh, best of the best when it comes to uh, insulated cups, whether it's an NFL team, an NCAA team, PGA Golf, whatever it might be, visit GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use promo code STADIUM to get 10% off – uh, the best of the best when it comes to insulated cups. Great for tailgating, great for uh, around the house, mowing the lawn, being at the beach, whatever the case might be. Visit GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use promo code STADIUM for 10% off of your order. The Gators are going um, again. Uh, another game here uh, in Gainesville. The Gators are going to be playing uh, Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee is two and one. Uh, come off a 56 to nothing win over Tennessee Tech. Uh, they did lose the game before to Pittsburgh, who uh, lost this past weekend in a terrible fashion. Um, and then they had a, a win to start the season against <laughs> against Bowling. in terrible fashion. And just absolutely, just atrocious. Bro, uh, shout out to Lucas Crow playing his 47th year of college football at Pitt. Yeah, uh, yeah. Shout out to. You said his name. I thought he was a coach. <laughs> you were like, oh man, he's he's coaching. Good for him. Yeah, oh, shout out to Western Michigan who who put up 44 points against Pittsburgh. Um, just just absolutely utterly uh just demoralizing loss for them. Uh Tennessee is and is not good. Uh there's no real way to, to to pin this. Uh certainly they are probably better than FAU, they're definitely better than USF. Uh, but overall, just a uh, atrocious team. Um, I think, Nick, you put it in here. Tennessee is ranked 117th in sacks given up by their offensive line and 126th in turnover margin. Uh, and, again, they only played Bowling Green, Pittsburgh, and Tennessee Tech. Um, yeah. I, we're all going to predict Florida's going to win this game. We're all going to predict that Florida's going to probably win don't, by – Don't uh, you put words scores, in my mouth, Dan. You have no idea what I'll predict at the end of the show. That, that's true. You still think that you're betting your own money and buy or sell. So uh, – <laughs> So, um, you, know, I said, make believe. you guys didn't Venmo cam. <laughs> you haven't been sending him the money for all this. Oh, no, 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 no. oh man. Um, let's, I mean, just, just a quick breakdown. Um, actually, so you, what do you, what do you want to see, you know, from the Gators against Tennessee? I, I don't, 
I don't even know. Like this team is yeah, terrible. Uh, I would like down. to see it just working on like yeah. I mean, not a letdown. I want to see them come out with good energy. It's a night game, so I think they're gonna be piped up a little bit. Um, just I want to see a packed stadium and just a team that just uh, want to sh- show how good they are. Uh, not be complacent from almost uh, win to to Alabama, but come out and ready to like embarrass a, a, a inferior opponent. So um, that's what I want to see. I want to just see them dominate. Uh, I would like to see us maybe take some more shots downfield, work on some some of our, some of our kinks. Uh, we need to work on some downfield passing. Um, I like to see that. If if, if fifteen isn't healthy, one hundred percent, and and that's the case, you really want him healthy. And get nice. back, yeah, just sit him. Let Emory get some reps. All right? I'm not mad at that at this point. If that's the real reason, if he's not 100% healthy, then I'm sit. But I think Emory could use the reps. I mean, you, I, I'm, I'm skeptical. You know, Silk, uh, Silk's, I think it's a, a scheduled tweet at this point, um, talking about uh, not listening to Dan Mullen's press conference. Um, yeah, uh, but I think that. I actually believe Dan when he says like. Because hamstrings are just so easy to reaggravate, so I I think I think I believe him when he says you know uh, we just didn't want to potentially lose Anthony for eight weeks because we were trying to get eight plays out of him against Alabama. Um, and if that's the case, and you have if if the trainer tells you hey, uh, normally a grade one sprain you're gonna be out two to three weeks, um, compression, ice, rest. Um, if you can bring him on the road and have him. At 100% in two weeks in Lexington, um, I would see him again against Tennessee, like you said. Yeah. Um, you know, a, again, the logic doesn't make any sense to me about how he was able to play as a backup. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, I don't. Yeah, so if Emory goes down, then what, you risk him for the rest of the season? That, that's what I mean. Well, right? who, who's the backup? Who, who plays, if not Anthony then? So if Emory no, gets hurt. If, but, but, if, but, if that game doesn't matter that much and you're concerned about, like, the rest of the season, then the injury is still the injury if Emory goes down or not. Right. I, I think that that's kind of the, the, the point is, yes, Anthony Richardson is going to be give you a better chance to win the game than Jalen Kitna or Carlos Del Rio would. But I don't understand that if he's healthy enough to play backup, why he wouldn't be healthy enough to play in eight a plays. snap or two snaps or eight right. snaps, right? That's That to me just doesn't kind of follow logical sense. I'm not saying that Florida should risk him, right? I'm not saying that Florida should put him out there and potentially re-aggravate the injury, but then you don't dress him. You don't put him in a position where you say, hey, he'll play if, right? Because it wasn't just if Emory Jones gets injured. It was if Emory Jones isn't kind of putting it together, right? That to me is where the logic doesn't fall. And again, this is Dan Mullen speaking to the media, which we all know doesn't really mean anything. But in that case, that that there's some logical flaws there uh, that I think that we're missing. Um but I don't think that Florida needs Anthony Richardson to beat uh, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee is not very good. Uh, they go into the year thinking that Joe Milton is going to be their starting quarterback. Uh, they've, they've played. Hey, hey, hey! That's 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 like family, bro. <laughs> okay, well, it's my wife's cousin, bro. Yeah, yeah, we are, <laughs> okay, well, we, we will we will not uh, disparage. Him. We will move on quickly then. Next, yeah. next position this group, is please. Show too, bro. Next yeah, position group. 18 to 35 on the season, but uh, Hendon Hooker uh, is their their quarterback. Oh, we now. talk trash about Joe too. I, I was just kidding. He's <laughs> terrible. Um, Hendon Hooker uh, is <laughs> Silk, Silk went from whoa, whoa, whoa. That's family. Don't talk about him. Actually, he's terrible. Go ahead. No, he should have. He should have made better uh, business decisions. 
Leave yeah, I mean, school. at least stay at Michigan and get the Michigan degree. You know what I mean? Well, he got his degree. He oh, very good. Yeah. Well, at least pick like a better school. Go to like Harvard for grad school or do something else, you know? <laughs> um, but Hendon Hooker uh, seems to be tossing the ball a little bit better. Again, you can't really compare, uh, you know, the opponents. He got 17 to 25 last week mm. against Tennessee Tech. Um, Tennessee does – he he also is uh, – he's a bit of a dual threat, but not a, a real – dual threat uh, kind of guys and so not a guy that I think you need to, to look out for Tennessee struggling, running the ball, uh, not 669, uh, 669 yards on the season, only averaging 4.65 yards per carry, which is something that you should see a lot better, especially when you have a bowling green game in there uh, and a Tennessee tech. This in there. team is terrible. Um, but yeah, so um, you you know how bad a team is. This is the game they, I fired Grantham if they get more than like thirteen or something. Then I might fire. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean this this is you know we've talked about you know Nick you mentioned measuring stick game against Alabama. This is a measuring stick game against how well does your team come back from a defeat and beat the crap out of a team that they should beat the crap out of. I mean Tennessee is no better than a six and six team. Uh, in my opinion, and I don't think that Josh Heupel is their future, so they'll be on the the coaching search here again soon. Uh, but this is a team that you should mollywop, right? It's a forty-one to thirteen type of game. Tennessee's won what um, one time in this series since two thousand five? Yeah, I think they're one in seventeen in their last eighteen wow. or so, or, or <laughs> one in sixteen in their last seventeen, something like that. And my guy Danny White goes out and just brings in Josh Heupel to lead Tennessee. Um, As Greg Schiano is three and zero at Rutgers, remember wild when they when they, uh, they burn him at the stake. I mean, it's got to be hard. Toe. It's, it's got to be hard to be a. It's it's really got to be hard to be a Tennessee fan right now. Um, I, I just don't know even where <laughs> the excitement about the program is. And sure, you know, the first year you're going to take some lumps with with you know a new coach, but. I'm looking at at them, and, and and it's not an exciting product. I don't see a bright future coming anytime soon. There's nothing to get hypeable about in Knoxville. Um, huh, you like that one, so that's, that's, you do, that's why you come to this show for those kind of puns. Um, no, we need to. I, we let you off the hook for the kicker uh, missing the field goal as well. No, 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 no. I, I, this is. I had to clear this up because people were getting after me on social media. Not, right. I'm not a kicker advocate. Kickers and punters are, are different. Kickers are weird. Um, college oh, kickers. Yeah, punters are your people. Punters right. are my people. Let's not lump them all in together. Um, my, my guy, Jeremy Jezza, had a 50, a 50 some yarder. Um, kickers yeah, are he weird. He has nice hang time, too. Like he was doing yeah. His, there's only two of them, but he, he did his thing. And, all right, back, uh, to your, back to your take. Go ahead. I'm sorry. He's not running around doing the Aussie punts, uh, you know, where you, where you run off to one side of the field. Um, Alabama's kicker, also Australian. Um, I think there's been like four Australian kickers, including Crawshaw this year uh, on Florida's schedule. Um, anyway, uh, your your poor cousin, wife's cousin, um, whoever's playing quarterback, Tennessee needs to figure out a way to 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 protect the quarterback, or else you're going to be worrying about like what the health insurance is that those numbers, you know, the hundred in sacks given up. Um, you, you've played Tennessee tech and Bowling green, mm-hmm. like, like Florida. This is, this might be a game where uh, yeah, guys, guys are making money. You know, it's a stat padding game, uh, you know, for, for pass rushers. So 
to me, I, I, I asked Dan Mullen about it today. I go back to 2018, you lose to Georgia and then really come up and, and just goose egg, you know, uh, really disappointing game the following week against Missouri. You can't, you can't afford that. Um, you know, certainly things playing in your favor. It's a night game. It's a rivalry game. Um, but to me, it's how, how mentally strong is your football team to put Alabama behind you and, and show up this week against Tennessee. Now these situations are different because when you lost to Georgia in 2018, essentially season's done. Like you're not getting to Atlanta. Um, right now you're still in the driver's seat. Florida goes out and wins the rest of their SEC games. You're going to meet Alabama uh, in December. So that's certainly a different situation, but I, I want to see that, that, uh, that mental toughness, that maturity to put the, put last Saturday behind you, go out and, and really like, you know, I think you said it. So really you should just take care of business. So this should be third quarter, you know, Hey, getting, getting some other guys in. Long tailgate, a lot of drunk fans. It should be, it should be great vibes. It should be celebratory. I do want to see them work with Copeland um, a lot more. I think Copeland deserves more targets. Uh, mm-hmm. We need to throw to our wide receivers all together more, but I do want to see that chemistry worked on between those two. Um, and maybe try to get some tempo going. I don't, I'm not one of those people that like the shelf plays and, and maybe keep things under the wraps. I want to see us work on some stuff. Um, yeah. Execute some things, get some teams, some stuff to, to worry about and, and to lose some sleep about a little bit. Um, go get some style points because the style points is what they, mem- they remember when shit's close at the end of the season. They're trying to figure out who goes to the playoffs or who go to what New York, New York Six Bowl or whatever. Get some style points. Uh, for the recruits and everybody else that's on campus. So I, I, I just want to see a blowout. Just come out, dominate, do what they're supposed to do on the football field. Absolutely. Speaking of recruits, just want to go back to Alabama game. I and mean, what a hell of an atmosphere for these recruits. Uh, I mean, you you could tell from the quotes after that Dude. they just had themselves a, a time. And that's where you just plug in a, hey, you can make an impact and get us over the hump. And this is the atmosphere you're getting yourselves in. Uh, you know, Silk, Nick, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. I think you just got to get after the quarterback. Um, you know, their their offensive line is is bad. Florida's offensive line is good. Uh, you know, Florida should be able to run the ball. Uh, Tennessee has struggled. Uh, obviously, their, their game against Pittsburgh is the only one that you can really look at. And they just struggled concept-wise, scheme-wise. They just didn't look like a very good or sophisticated football team out there. So Florida on talent alone should win. But Silk, like you said, this is a game of style points. This is a game where you go in, you you turn some heads and, and let people know, hey, Florida is not just a team that got lucky against Alabama uh, and they're going to mail it in now. This is a team that, that can be reckoned with, and this is you know truly a, a top 10 and top five football program. Uh, and I think that it starts this week and – you know, there should be, like I said, no reason that Florida doesn't, you know, control this game from from start to finish. Man, we're setting we're setting up for like anything other than like a forty-five to three. We're gonna be sitting here next week, being like, I'm not ready to fire somebody. Like, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against firing somebody for a bad performance or if the coach not doing what he's supposed to. I do think like I, uh, somebody needs to speak to Jamarcus Weston since we're still talking about last game. I just had a flashback Ooh. of him. What was that kickoff return about? Well, I don't think anyone needs to speak to him because I think that will be the last time you see him on kickoff return. I think he was well, he, he he had that one, and he also had the one that he took out to the seventeen yard line to start the first game. One. It's like you, you just you, just fair catch it, right? You get get the ball in the twenty five. He knocked that. He knocked it out of bounds. Just like yeah, I'm cool. But then, 
I, I don't think he knew the rule. So I thought he, he thought, Clearly. all right, well, Clearly. even though I touched it, it hit it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that wasn't, that wasn't expert analysis. Right. That's, that's it's my expert opinion. I think show. he did not know the rule. And when he touched the ball and it hit the end zone, because he like walked away and like waved his hand at it. Like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, all right, whatever. And then lucky for him, Emery's like, I got you, fam. We're good. We'll just go 99 yards on the number one team in the country. But yeah, I think that's uh that's the last time Jamarcus Weston, uh, possibly in his career, certainly this year, uh, will be back fielding kicks. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see him back. He's from the Musk, and sometimes I cater for it, but I'll allow, I'll allow that. Uh, <laughs> I'll allow it, Nick. <laughs> Put the cape in the laundry. Get it ready for someone else. Uh, not, not this one. Um, I can't. So we talked about. I mean, you brought it up with, with Lingard. Obviously, he got a little frustrated on on social media after the game. I understand that, but like, keep it to yourself. Um, mm-hmm. To me, if we can't get, if you can't get Bowman, Lingard, those guys in in terms of, of running the ball, and Especially I'm not taking, I'm not taking Damian Pierce, and I'm not taking Malik Davis off the field right now, and and I think Naquan Wright needs to get involved more too. Why can't they? I mean, with the top end speed those guys have, why can't they return kicks? Yeah. Get them involved somehow. You know, we, we said all offseason, like, you're going to be doing yourself a detriment if DeMarcus, DeMarcus Bowman's not making an impact this year. And he didn't even play, didn't play a, a snap against Alabama. Can, what, can he not handle, you know, a, a kickoff or, or, or a punt? It's a great question, Nick. I'm if you don't you use right, it, man. If, you if only them, you're going to lose them. If only one of us had access to ask a coach that exact question. Who has that? Yep. Yeah, Dan, don't be feeling Nick questions. I tell you that. You don't rock with you like that, my boy. Yeah. <laughs> I asked him something today. He was I can't even remember that I asked him today, but he he handled it well today. He, he was a good move today. Yeah, he was. was. I seen the quotes on the timeline. I'm like, yeah, he's looking. He's like telling the truth today. <laughs> he, looked, he looked like he was telling the truth today. Letting his nuts hang a little bit. Um, he put out a good performance, man. Shout out to the staff. They did a good job. Um, did from the visits to list mm-hmm. to, to the performance on the field. You know what I'm saying? Um, the team seemed focused. We didn't get a whole lot of off the field shenanigans this offseason. So overall, bro, like you you just cry your tears on the timeline or on social media, but Dan Mullen's doing a good job, bro. Absolutely. I, I do want to start to see some of these commitments come in. You know, Florida gets a, a crystal ball for Jalen Gibson today. Uh, they get another one for Azariah Thomas uh, as well. They get one from the uh, former offensive tackle that's committed to Pittsburgh, whose name is escaping me right now. Uh, but, but need to start seeing some of those roll in. Uh, you know, Florida's got themselves in a position to be able to get a really good recruiting class, uh, but definitely want to start to see some of those names uh, actually trickle in. Evan Stewart, the big name uh, that was expected this weekend, doesn't make it. Missed his flight or something. Um, Missed the flight. Uh, shout out to Monica Evers, man, yep. and the Evers family. They're doing an incredible job recruiting as well. Somebody put out a real funny tweet. I think I forget his name. I think his name's Ryan. A real funny tweet with the uh, 247 top recruiters, and they put Monica Evers at one. There you go. With a profile pic. That was hilarious. <laughs> so shout out to that family. They, they was a busy on the timeline as well recruiting. All right. Well, let's get into our over-under and our pick selection of the – Y'all thought I had money before the Bama game. Oh, boy. (laughs) Took out an interest free loan. Yes, man. Now that I know that my bread good, (laughs) 
Nick Nick undersold us on wins. I already know that off the rip. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You, you screwed us on the wins, Nick. You got uh you you've got you've got some catching up to do with, with your four and a half interceptions with Kair. I do. We're we're sitting at what one right now? One. Throwing at him though, surprisingly. So I like my chances because they are throwing I, at him. I so loved his quote today. He was like, I get he he said I get angry when they throw the ball at me. He goes, I think yeah. it's disrespectful. Nick, I don't get offended. I'm not that far off. I mean, when you think about it mathematically, four is one fourth. Oh, at, don't, at put your, don't, don't put stats, no, numbers, and numbers into my narrative. This is the part of the show. Part of the show. Spout nonsense. This this is our segment, Nick. Where you say something wrong, you get corrected, and all of a sudden, so I, I won't stand for being corrected, Dan. The Florida Gators are going to probably play at least thirteen games, if not fourteen games, this season. You're three games in. You have an interception. You do the math. You know, extrapolate that out, and we're actually right on pace for for fourteen or for four and a half uh, interceptions. So shout out to right me now, dog. This is to me uh, on paper what he's doing, the way he's looking. This is like the best looking defensive back since Joe Hayden. It, that's not a bad um, assessment at all. I think that he's playing outstandingly. Uh, you know, he he went up, you know, against Mechie, went up against a, a lot of these wide receivers from Alabama that were recruited by every program in the country uh, and was able to shut them down. You have one, you know, bad, you know, defensive pass interference. He has a, a great pass breakup. Uh, you know, overall played lockdown, and, and that's all you can expect. I mean, you can't expect a guy to – Right. I mean, and that's what you want, right? Like you want to be able to put them on an island. Alabama's going to throw the ball. Somebody's going to catch, right? Now, no DB has zero passes against them, right? Well, what you want is you want to be able to limit those big plays and make an impact. And Kyrie Elam, in my opinion, is the number one defensive back in the country right now. Oh, hands down, man. And and I don't think that that's homework talking, right? Like, you know, so me, whoever, you can call us Homer Simpson all you want. But I think that he is right now your favorite to win the Thorpe Award. And I think he's your favorite to be the first defensive back um, drafted in the next class. And I think, I think we like him or Stingley, right? It's got to be, yeah. No, Stingley ain't ain't, ain't moving and and grooving like this. I like like Stingley a lot. I thought it was closer than what it was. But watching how Kyrie moving right now, um, we'll get to see Stingley versus Bama here soon. All right. Well, let's get to our uh, our pick selection, as always, brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. If you want to do uh, some some picking and wagering on whether Emory Jones is going to throw for more than 150 yards in a game, and Damian Pierce runs for more than 67, or maybe you want to do, you know, Kyrie Elam gets an interception, the Miami Dolphins score 21 points. Whatever the case may be, take a I'm look at PrizePicks.com. I don't even want to talk about the game yesterday. PrizePicks.com. Promo code SG will give you a dollar for dollar match up to a hundred dollars. Um, so I think you said um, one of the guys on the roll up shows up big uh, this season so far. So a lot of people have uh, already oh, used cooking. the promo code. A lot of people making money. Uh, so visit PrizePicks.com. Use promo code SG. If anything, if you just want to check it out, go in and sign up for us. Um, just to sign up, take a look around, and still that dollar for dollar match. Still exists for you. Prizepicks.com promo code SG. All right, boys, let's get into over unders of the game. Uh, Gators get start the season with six sacks, uh, and um, they've had a couple uh, against Alabama, uh, one against FAU. Does Florida get back uh, to their sack game against Tennessee with four and a half sacks or more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me uh, mark me down for you on that. That 
Tennessee's trash. <laughs> I'm about to buy everything, bro. I seen all I need to see last week. Um, blind buy, blind buy. I'm just, I'm just gonna yes. throw a wrench into that. Yeah, I'm just ready to go to Atlanta, <laughs> beat them boys, and go to the playoffs, man. That's all I'm ready for at this point. So I'm buying everything. Let's ride. Yeah, I'm buying that. Um, I'm buying. I'm buying. Nick trying to be half. like me now. Look at him. Yeah, I'm gonna buy. You didn't believe last week. Now you're trying to be like me and buy yeah. everything. Come on, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> buying. <laughs> I'm going to buy uh, that one as well. All right, guys. Uh, Emory Jones, we presume, is going to get a, a large majority of the snaps, if not all of them. Do you buy or sell that he throws for 225 yards or more against Tennessee? Yeah, I'm buying it. 225, that should be easy. Throw for 225. Nick, on the season, uh, sell. 153, 303, and 181. Sell. Okay. What do you think is a good number? Um, I think – I think 180 rushing is a good number. 180 yards rushing for Emory Jones or for the entire offense? For Emory Jones. That is an unbelievably (laughs) high number. I will sell that. that, Listen, I'm just being ignorant with that one. I'm just throwing crazy numbers out there. I just don't think – I I, I don't know if you play Anthony, so maybe if Anthony's not playing and, you know, because – I don't know if you're going to get a Carlos Del Rio into the game or, or you know, a shout out to STA Jack Engel. Um, so maybe he can get to that 225 number, but I'm, I'm still frugal. I'm the frugal uh, host on the, on the pod, so mm-hmm. I will sell 225. I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy 225. Uh, goes for 113 against FAU, 151 against USF, 181 against time. Alabama. Uh, yeah. Splitting time. Um, you know, Alabama obviously has a significantly better defense than Tennessee. I think that Florida airs it out a little bit. I think they need to get him comfortable throwing those intermediate to long passes. I think they try. I think he hits on a few. I think Tennessee is atrocious in their backfield. Uh, I think he goes for about 246. Mark me down for 300. 300. Oh, 300, baby. Tennessee is trash. That's, that's, that's lofty. Yeah, um, I already feel, I already feel trash. bad about All right. it. So. Huh? I said I already, I already yeah, feel gets bad about it. that. It's already cashed. Um, Gators get 400 yards rushing against FAU, 380, sorry, 363 against USF, 258 against Alabama. They are right now the number two team in yards per game and the number two team in yards per carry, I mm. believe. Do the Gators get more than 300 yards rushing against Tennessee? Hmm. Yeah. No time in. Silk's got the Gators from around 600 yards of offense. Silk's got the Gators for 912 yards of offense. Yeah, bro. I, like, remember that kid that thought legit, <laughs> like, Florida State would get like a million yards? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's me right yeah. now. Yeah. That, that guy had every receiver with like 200 yards, every <laughs> running back with like 100 plus. Yeah, that, was, that was wild. They got like 178 total. I love what's happening in Florida State right now. All right, um, Nick, uh, buy or sell 300 yards rushing? Um, shoot, um, I'll buy 300. If, I, if I'm going, if I'm going low on passing, um, I'm gonna, I got to buy the got to buy the rushing. Understood. And, and I'm going to go uh, the opposite way. I think the Florida uh, throws the ball a little bit more this game. Uh, they're able to, to get some some chunk yards uh, against that atrocious Tennessee defense. I think they end up somewhere around 250, 275. Still an outstanding rushing effort. Uh, but I do think that they're going to try to work on their passing game a little bit against uh, Alabama. All right. Yeah, Dan does game. just look great when he can run the ball. Like, uh-huh. yeah. you can tell he's in his wheelhouse, dog, when he got yeah. a running game. 
Bro, it is wild to think that Florida had one of the top passing offenses in the country last year. I think they were number one and the number two rushing offense the next season. And the year before that, they were a heavy rushing team too. So to watch him be able to scheme with his players, I mean, it's truly fantastic, which I think makes some of the small things that we're missing frustrating because it's like, man, we're so close. We're such a great head coach. It's just some of the our game callers, just some of these head coach decisions uh, can get a little bit get a little bit better. Uh, and then finally, uh, Sorry. Tennessee atrocious. Nick, you mentioned it uh, on turnover <laughs> margin, um, minus two and a half on the on the season. Tennessee is 126 in the country. Uh, with that being said, let's set that at the line. Do the Gators force two and a half uh, turnovers? Buy or sell two and a half? Buy. Buy. Silk, I know what time it is. <laughs> He's just nodding his head for the YouTube fans. And so then, yeah, Silk, this uh, an audio platform. You know what time it is, man. Check out the Hue Blow. <laughs> <laughs> In the words of Jay-Z, I wrapped that bitch with a gator band. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I'm going to buy two. I think the Gators get a couple interceptions. I think Tennessee goes down big. Jay-Z named that Hue Blow Tebow. Tebow, Tebow. So, yeah, I'm going to buy. Uh, that's buy or sell. Let's get your score prediction and then let's get an offensive MVP and a defensive MVP. Nick, we'll start with you, buddy. Um, <sighs> score prediction. This might be ignorant. Um, 40, 42-10, Florida. 42-10. Okay, give me an offensive MVP and then a defensive MVP. Offensive MVP, I'm going to go with Malik Davis. I, I think Silk, Silk threw the praise on him earlier. Um, I think he's having a great year. This is like a – I mean, in your money year, um, he's looked incredible. I think Florida's going to be able to run the ball. Um, this is a game where we should be able to see more DeMarcus Bowman and, and Lorenzo Lingard. Um, but I'll go with, with Malik Davis. And also shout out to Damian Pierce. Five touchdowns on 18 carries. Um, pretty good. Guys just living in the end zone. Had two again against Alabama. Um, so I'll go Davis. And then on defense, I'm going to go Zach Carter. I think he gets a couple sacks. Shout out to Damian Pierce's uh, response to Edgar when he asked him that Bama question. That was hilarious. <laughs> they uh, they've got an interesting uh, an interesting history. It was like after a game Pierce's freshman year, I think um, Edgar was like completely taken aback by Pierce saying he was like a ho- uh, hog hunting, I think. Um, and they went back and forth for like ten minutes after a game talking about hunting hogs. Well, you got quite the dynamic there. Uh, let me go score wise. I like I like where Nick was at with it. <laughs> oh, that was funnier than it should have been. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, 48 10, 13, round there. Uh, 48 10 is something ignorant. I do. I, I hate going big scores like that because I know Dan like to shut it down, dog. Like, he don't like to get the style points like that a little bit. So. Um, but I'm just gonna go that many points because I got that many yards. So somebody got to score if we're much marching up and down the field like that. Yeah, I'm gonna go 41. Oh, offensive MVP and defensive MVP. Offensive MVP, give me Emory Jones. Okay. I think I think he's comfortable. Um, I think Dan's gonna give him a little bit more space again this week. Um, he, he'll know he's the guy. Uh, big game in the swamp at night. I think he spreads the ball around and well, gets some, some good stat lines, a lot of touchdowns, running and passing. I have one of those days where he probably throw for throw for two, run for two. Um, so give me Emory Jones on offense. Defense. <sighs> Let me see who I want to go with defense, man. That's a good question. 
Everybody's been playing pretty good in the front four. Linebackers been a little bit tricky. Jeremiah Moon is a, is a, is a, is a grown man. Mm-hmm. He really is. He made some big boy checks these past three weeks. Um, give me. I'm, I'm just go Jeremiah Moon. Okay, that was gonna I'm be gonna my go pick. So I got a, I got another one for you guys. I'm gonna go 41 13. Uh, I think that Florida uh, just you know controls all facets of the game. So you do bring up a good point. Um, I think that they do get, uh, you know, a little conservative when Florida goes up big, but I think that they do need to continue to improve. There's a lot of areas of opportunity for this team to continue to improve. And you've got to make sure that you're firing in all cylinders, you know, Kentucky, you know, is still a team that Florida struggled a little bit with in the past. You still have Missouri, you still have LSU, you still have some other games that you need to get, you know, working out before, um, I forgot when that Missouri game is. I think that that's after, uh, George, but you need to get yourself in a position to be able to, uh, to compete and in, in, in be firing at all cylinders against that, that Georgia team. So I'm going to go 41-13, uh, offensive MVP. Let me go somewhere a little bit different this uh, this week, and I'm going to go with the DeMarcus Bowman. I think that Florida uh, is going to rely heavily on him. I think that Florida is going to be up big. Um, so I think that they're going to go back to him, and I think he's going to get some chunk yards. If not him, that's a wild card pick. If not him, I'm going to go. That's a wild card. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go with uh, Kamora Gamble. I think that he has another big game. Um, I think that they're going to start seeing a lot more of him, uh, and I think that Kamori is is an outstanding player that um, you know can can move the ball against Tennessee uh, on defense. Silk, you you hit it. Uh, Nick, you hit it. So I'm going to go with somebody a little bit different. I'm, I'm going to take. I'm going to buy into the hype from last week. Um, finally, saw him play his best game. I think it's going to carry over. I'm going to go with Brenton Cox uh, to get uh, one and a half sacks this game uh, and see him get a couple hurries, a couple pressures, a couple tackles. I'm going to go with Brenton Cox on defense. Uh, he almost had that pick, man. What happens? What? Whew. Game might be different if he can get his hands on that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. When you talk about mistake-free football, it, you know, and, and Florida needs to recruit a little bit better so that you don't have to play mistake-free football because it's very tough to win playing perfect football. Or it's mm-hmm. very hard to, to play perfect football. So it's those small things. It's those small differences in talent, those small differences in size that that potentially, you know, cost Florida that game. Mm. Um you know, being able to he's get that gotta, he's gotta, he's gotta being make those able to plays, score the It happens, you know, but yeah. you just got to be able to make those plays, bro. The kicker got to be able to make extra points, uh, and you got to be able to catch an interception that comes straight to your face, man. Um, the coaches did a good job putting these guys in, in the position to be able to win this game uh, and really do something. The moral victory did, did, did quite a bit momentum-wise for our program. So um, we got another shot, these guys. This ain't the last time we're going to see them, but we, we got to stay focused each game. Each week, uh, looking forward to the season, man. Um, way, way better than I thought. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, so let's get a manscaped ad read. Nick, you got the song of the week, so get yourself uh, ready for that. Manscaped, they say balls was empty. Make sure your balls are shaved. Uh, go to manscaped.com, use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off. Alarm more 4.0 is still the best trimmer in the game. If you haven't used it, you're not smooth. You're living like a heathen out here, fellas. You're too grown to be bushy out here. Trim it, slim it, have it right and fit, man, already for the Christmas season. Uh, ladies, if you a lady and you listen to this show, holiday season's here, in the words of Dan Thompson. They are. Right? It's always a holiday near. Uh, get that loved one in your life, whether it's a teenage son or a husband, they need to take care of them family jewels. 
coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Very good. Nick, take us out the song of the week and see you guys at the same corner, same time next week. Looking I'm going to go J. Cole, Pride is the Devil. Ooh. That's quite the jingle right there, Nick. <laughs> quite the jingle. That's quite the jingle. I'll let that sizzle in y'all's spirit tonight. Hmm. All right, boys. Same time, same corner next week. See you guys later. Pride is the devil. Think it got a hold on me. Pride is the devil. And left so many RIP. Pride is the devil. Think it got a hold on me. Pride is the devil. Terrified, paranoid, I put you over everything. To fill the void, and when you're gone, will I have anything or will I be destroyed? Paranoid, I put you over everything To fill the void And when you're gone, will I have anything Or will I be destroyed? Yeah Bright lights pass me in the city, it's emergency I'm thankful cause I made it past my 30s, no one murdered me Still remember vividly the nigga that pulled a gun on me I'm petrified but moving like I got no sense of urgency Pride make a nigga act way harder than he really be Pride hide the shame of city, cut off all utilities Pride hide the pain of growing up in hell and poverty Pride make a nigga feel a way that you unfollow me Make a nigga flash a thousand like he hit the lottery Make a baby mama make shit harder than it gotta be Make you have to take the bitch to court to see a prodigy Make you have to use your last resort and pull a robbery Pride be the reason for the family dichotomy Got uncles and some aunties that's too proud to give apology Slowly realizing what the root of all my problems be It got me feeling different when somebody said it proud of me Pride is the devil I think it got a hold on me Pride is the devil And it left so many R.I.P. Pride is the devil I think it got a hold on me Pride is the devil uh. Yeah Terrified, paranoid, I put you over everything To fill the void and when you're gone Will I have anything or will I be destroyed? Uh. Terrified, paranoid, I put you over everything To fill the void and when you're gone Will I have anything or will I be destroyed? Yeah much money to count, what's the amount? Ten of a bounce, I gotta pay a nigga to add it up Then pay somebody to make sure whatever amount he say can bag it up Direct some racks, I'm racking up, stacking up You reaching or acting up Break it down, weigh it up, not back it up Make a five of money, that's regular Nigga playing with us, that's negative Go back to start, that's never I'm a boss, my closet leather Ain't no off days on my schedule Long as I live, we live forever Told my twin and shit get better These niggas that slip, let me ahead of Got my feet up, I pay 70 bands and have sets on the jet I don't need them, that shit in the past I'm feeling like what's next Got my speed up, foot all on the gas Just not a CA vet I can beat them, I believe in me Just tell me what's the bet How my pride gone Had to lose it all, then I got rich I own five homes Glad some of this shit starting to make sense I'm staying hella focused And I can't forget the bigger picture I can't even hold you I didn't have shit, I won't forget it Will I be destroyed? Come to me with everything, it's starting to get annoying I'm addicted to promethazine, it's crazy, yeah, I know it All this money coming in, it drive me crazy, not to show it I'll be crazy if I blow it Pride is the devil I think it got a hold on me Pride is the devil 
and it left so many R.I.P. Pride is the devil. I think it got a hold on me. Pride is the devil. Mm.